Okay, welcome back, everybody, to the Train Effective podcast. Um, we have a really, really special guest today, actually. And um, we're actually going to go Instagram Live again, everybody, just like we did with Jacob. We're going live today. Instagram Live, Instagram Live, checking in. Another live podcast with the one and only Nico Valerafo. How are you, bro? I'm good, bro. How are you? How's everything? I'm doing well, man. It's good to have you on. I know we've been planning this for actually not too long, but a few days. So <laughs> that's yeah. good. Um, I appreciate Of course, man. Of course. It's a pleasure. Um, Instagram Live. I want to show you guys somebody, all 372 of you. We have Nico Ovale Raffo from formerly of Toronto FC2. How's it going, that's guys? The that's the man right there. That's the man. And, um, Nico, today, like, I really am excited because I live in America. A lot of players think about playing in America, Canada as well, United States. Um, and you have, an you have an interesting story because even though you're 21, you're well-traveled to different continents, countries, have played a lot of places, have played at high levels. Um and I think there's a lot here for like players to take from you in your journey. And most of all, what I'm excited for is like your mentality. Um, and uh, if you just want to give a little bit, bit background of yourself, like how you started playing football and that, that'd be great. Um, well, first of all, again, thank you for having me on. Um, a little bit about myself. Uh, I'm a Chilean Italian footballer. Uh, I was born in Santiago, Chile and uh, moved to the US at a very young age because uh, my dad was a professional footballer as well and his last professional contract was in Utah. And uh, it was the last, yeah, it was the team that was in Utah before uh, Real Salt Lake. So uh, mm. he was able to be part of that last team before it, it changed into, or was bought by Real Salt Lake. So, um, so yeah, grew up in Utah practically my whole life. Um, so with that being said, I kind of had a ball at my feet my whole life. Uh, and uh, at 15, I moved to the Real Salt Lake Academy in Arizona, which was there at the time. And then just from there, it kind of, well, sorry, let me take it back. Before Real Salt Lake, I played for La Roca, which was my dad's club team that he founded in Utah. And um, yeah, from Real Salt Lake, had a spell in Chile and was there for about two seasons playing for like a U20 side. And uh, and that was just an awesome experience, just learning uh, just different cultures and how different countries play the game and the, um, the physicality of a different country and stuff like that. And and then from there, went on to sign for Toronto C2 in, in Canada. So that's kind of like a short summary of, of, uh, of my uh, football. Mm. It's kind of interesting that you, um, like your dad played for the last team in Utah before Real Salt Lake, and then you ended up playing for Real Salt Lake. So yeah, I love that. It's like a like just something about Utah, like running in the family. Yes, yeah, and the crazy thing is, my brother also uh, played for Real Salt Lake, and he signed a homegrown contract for Real Salt Lake. Yeah, yeah. So, so. when you if you ever have uh, kids, little Nikos, and if they play for Real Salt Lake, <laughs> we're gonna come back yeah. to this and be like, listen, we called it. Um, love that, bro. Uh, after, um, and now really quick, I just want to explain to everybody, like, 
the U.S. is a big place. U.S. and Canada, I like to say, like massive continent, as we know. I think the U.S. has like 370 million people or whatever. Um, soccer, football is the most played actual sport amongst like young like kids in the U.S. Um, and I think it's getting even more popular because of stuff with American football and like injuries and concussions. So like it's really saturated. So you really have to be of a certain level to really level up and get into, for example, Real Salt Lake Academy. At age 20, I believe, or 21, you made your debut for uh, Toronto FC2. How was that? Because that's a goal that I know a lot of people have. That's for some people even making it. Um, how was that? How did you go about that? Like, what was that experience like? Oh man, it was my debut was surreal to me. Uh, unfortunately, it was a disappointing result. Uh, we lost one zero, I believe, and uh, but it was it was an incredible experience. We we uh, it was at the Gillette Stadium, the New England Patriots Stadium, so it was a big, big stadium um, against New England Revolution. Um, and yeah, I remember when I signed uh, for Toronto FC. One of the main things that I had always is since I was younger, I had always I like, kept in my mind was just as I was getting older, it was 19 year pursuit, 20 year pursuit, 21 year pursuit until I get it. And then when I debuted, it was kind of felt like that 21 year pursuit of getting my foot in the door um, was had begun, I guess. So, uh, yeah, like I said, there's some players that debut at 17, but for me, it took 21 years and and it was just surreal. It was, uh, you really realize how much more, you get a lot hungrier after that first that first uh, taste of it. Mm, that's interesting. So do you think, um, and I've, I think I might know the answer. Do you think like, do you think that, I guess you can call it a success of making your debut. Do you think that motivated you even more than like the years before of getting a professional contract? Like, you know, you have your motivation and your like drive and hunger to make your debut, right? And then you have made your debut and then you have your drive and hunger of getting like consistent like time and this and that. Do you think after your debut, you were even more driven? A hundred percent. I think uh, one of the things I, I, uh, I think about a lot is something that I think LeBron James said one time in an interview and it was like, um, the minute you get into the professional world, everything starts over and it was just kind of like a wake-up call to me when I heard that about um, how I, it's kind of starting from zero and not I guess anybody can get it but the hard part really is keeping it and making and proving that you deserve to be there and um, and and that comes with a lot of work and it's not easy but it was it definitely motivates you more because um, you want more of it you know what I mean that feeling of getting on a pitch knowing you're um, being broadcasted, knowing you're playing against top players that next year will be playing in Europe or next year, next year will be playing in first team somewhere is, is it's a good feeling. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think that that moment definitely gives you a lot more motivation to continue and, and seeing how far you can get in this game, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I, I guess that kind of, like, answers, like, how you're, like, you, it was all... It was always a pursuit of wanting to play professionally. But, like, one thing I like to talk about, actually, is, like, struggles along the way. Because um, 
we might see you like even like say like scoring goals or like making your debut all these things but like at that moment in time when the camera's on you at the halfway line like yeah you see nico coming onto the pitch we don't see pain struggle doubt fear uncertainty probably tears like sweat like all this stuff like tell me about some of these struggles that you experienced along the way um because again moving to chile like um like as a teenager or around there like it's it's difficult you grew up in utah you know like yeah you yeah. grew up in utah so tell me about some of those struggles leading up to toronto fc sheesh man i think there's so many struggles that i, I mean i, I think knew, I he's like, man, there's, there's you know so many. I, I think there's any footballer i think any person in life you know has struggles and um sheesh some are probably you know what this is the funny thing i think that obviously i've had struggles and i just i feel like uh how do i say it i feel super privileged to talk about the certain struggles i've had uh as struggles because you know in the, in the real grand scheme of things they're not really struggles you know but in, in football aspect um definitely one of my biggest struggles was going through an injury i had and it was uh i, I had torn my acl when at the real like mm -hmm. academy Damn. which was it was for me that was one of the most brutal things just because you're taken away from what you love doing and what you dedicate your life to for so long um and i think that's really i think that can make or break a player you know for me i was i'm very blessed that my family was um there for me supported me throughout the whole thing but that gave me more hunger than anything i had ever received for in my life it was it was like a fresh start for me like i uh i realized how much i really wanted to prove myself in this game and stuff um and yeah about the uh chile thing that you said growing up in utah and then going to chile it was completely different like 180 and i'm i mean i'm sure you know of you've heard countless stories of players having to do sacrifices and stuff but um a lot of people or friends of mine or people when they think of my stunt in chile um they don't really know exactly what it was they just see pictures of me on the weekend and stuff but um mm. i was living in in santiago but my training pitch was probably an, an hour away driving but i didn't have a car so i had to bus and train every day to training which was about two hours every single morning which mm. was you know at the end of it when you're going through it it's it's not easy but you know what like all those things and i saw my first contract was just like holy man this is this is why i did it you know and you don't you don't see it in the moment but it always it all pays off so a lot of struggles um like any player there's confidence there's getting your coach's belief there's um yeah getting on the good side of players uh coaches staff it, it, there's a lot to it i think i think um Oh, we had somebody on a couple weeks ago. His name is Jacob. He played for the, like, recently Norway under-19s. Um, and really good player. And he also, I believe, if I remember correctly, if I don't, sorry, Jacob, um, he also did his ACL. And, like, for those that don't know, ACL is, like, if you do your ACL, you cannot, like, really walk or run. Like, that is, like, the, like your knee is, like, screwed, essentially at least for maybe 
seven, nine months minimum, minimum. And as footballers, like, you need that. So to do, to have an ACL injury, and, like, it's not even like you're maybe your age right now, Nico, where you're, like, 21, 22, you're more, you're more mature mentally. you like, you can handle these things better mentally. You're younger. Um, and to overcome that, it's so, like, that's powerful. With Jacob, his thing, he suffered at similar age when you suffered it. And he even said he was, like, this is, I think that he said, this is one of the best things that's like happened to you. It's like an opportunity because it like tested how much you really wanted to like go all the way and become a professional, which is just a freaking like an elite mindset. And I love that so much. So I credit you, bro, for having that mentality. I appreciate it, man. I think, um, I like your friend, it's, it's, uh, it's not something easy to do in the moment, but if if your your um I guess your will to to be in the game or to to get back is stronger than just that. Uh, I'm trying not to use any bad words, but then oh, that you can. You can that terrible time, then you can <laughs> you can get through it, you know. So yeah, um, yeah, that's fair. Um, with with regards to that, um, what advice do you give? teenage because i see a comment coming in i know instagram live i know instagram live everybody's watching you guys want to know as well what advice do you give to players teenagers young old whatever that do want to play at that level usl league one usl championship a lot of your league one teammates actually for toronto fc i don't know this for sure but maybe we're dropping in and out of the toronto fc first team we're obviously playing in the mls um so you know that level you've played at that level what advice would you give to those that do want to play at that level you played at? Oh, advice. Something that uh, has always stuck with me was said by one of my friends at uh, Real Salt Lake. His name is Alexander Knox. He was also in League One, actually, this past season at Tucson. Um, he, one of the things that he would always say is to protect the dream at all costs. Mm. And, and, and that, for me, is something that was just so solid. You know, it's like, um, no ifs, ands, buts, friends, family, um, strangers. It's just protect the dream, you know. And if 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 that means going against um, what certain people believe, then then so be it. You know, this is kind of the time I got, and I want to do it. Um, another thing that I uh, have just realized is um, that just taking everything day by day, and just making sure that you're just getting better. A little bit better every day is just the best you can do. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, it, it's huge, and it, it's so many people say, it and it, it can be overlooked. That I used to be the kid that kind of overlooked those things until I started to implement it in my life, and and uh, and I'm not even where I want to be at yet, but I know that by doing that, I will get closer to to what I want to be. So um, I would say that those two things are are very very important, and um, and yeah, I think those are the biggest two things for me protect the dream at all costs that's like that's powerful actually you don't hear it like you don't you don't really hear that often you know like you do hear like the important things which like work yeah. hard, don't give up these things but like i think when you say protect your dream at all costs it is like a it's a powerful statement it, yeah it's I like don't let, don't let any like and like this 
for some people, this is the reality. Don't let family, don't let friends, don't let teachers like, like invade essentially this dream, like protect this dream at all costs. Exactly. Or even injuries. You know what I mean? Certain mm -hmm. people can get really unmotivated by uh, a certain injury they had and, and kind of give them an easy way out of why something didn't work out. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it, yeah, it, it kind of ties into a lot of things, but just the way that that was worded, I remember my friend uh, said that and it was just, it's been with me since, so. Yeah, I love that. Um, with that being said, actually, um, we're gonna talk about something that I don't think gets talked about enough, uh, which I think you'll probably know, and not even every, like, every footballer, but like every person probably goes through these things your lowest point uh before becoming a professional and like how you overcame it or it's just like your lowest point up to this day and how you overcame it because you know we we see tv we see the matches we see all the glory instagram it's uh, everybody's highlight reel instagram is everybody's highlight reel we just see all these things all the time um but a lot of times all that success that we see we don't see it's like the iceberg effect we don't see all the things behind yeah. the scenes that you've gone through or had to go through um had to overcome had to grow from so what would you say was like the lowest point like in your development the lowest point of my development um whew, there was a there's there's two different ones i think one the lowest point there's a toughest and i think just the actual lowest point is um my first year, I think, at Real Salt Lake Academy was uh, a year where I was the youngest player on the team. And my team was full of players that were already getting called in the national camps, players that were um, had been at the academy for two seasons already. And uh, I was the youngest one on the team. And I was playing every other game, uh, playing, sometimes going three games without playing. Um, or when I do play, I play seven minutes, which was something that growing up in club soccer, you're just not used to because you're just always um, used to being the guy on your team. And then moving on to somewhere where you're not this guy anymore and you're looking up at the guy that's, you know what I mean? So um, all of that accumulated plus moving away from home at 15, being on your own, uh, not getting rostered for certain games there was a point where it kind of got to me uh, my first year uh, at the academy. And I remember a conversation with my dad and being like, I don't think I want to do this anymore. And I don't think a lot of people know this. This is actually, I think this is probably the first time I've said this, but my dad's, uh, I think my dad's uh, response was like, you know what, sit on it. We'll talk, we'll have the same conversation in two days. And if you still feel the same way, um, then we'll, we'll go with it. And after two days, just of thinking, it was just so clear to me that that's not what I wanted to do. And it was just in the moment, an emotional moment, but that uh, I needed to just continue to work in, you know, um, and that that was the only way to to get closer to what I wanted to do, which was become a pro. So that was that I would say that, that was probably the, the toughest moment for sure in my in my uh, football experience so far. Can you can you imagine like because I feel like so many times in our life like we are defined by like that those moments like these decisions yeah. like can you imagine like 
what life would be like if you like did like follow through and like we're like no i don't want to be here anymore like i want to go home completely different completely different and that's i thank my dad a lot for that all the time because um i don't know he could have easily just um and not not been in the wrong but he could have easily just looked out for me in that and right at that moment and, and called it quits for me you know but he he was just able to kind of sit back and um and just give me time to think about it on my own and and um and yeah i think that like i like kind of like you said my whole life would have been different so i'm glad uh i got uh, some more time to think about it and and get past that but that's just I, I think every footballer goes through or at least has at least one point of that in their in their career i think the there's a lot of things i, I think pep guardiola said it once but uh explaining just how how he's so fortunate and just um how he's just been able to win a lot of games in his managerial career and and being on good teams all the time but but the reality of football is that it's not all sunshine and majority of football is having to struggle to get to a very good spot you know what i mean so luckily luckily i uh i, I got through that that moment yeah yeah damn that's yeah if you hey listen if you if you were a little even more emotional you're like i don't want to wait two days and just said no then i might not be talking to you right now and then instagram the stream wouldn't have been happening Nico would not be in front of us right now. So I think the lesson there is like, do take some time and assess things when you like in those, like, I guess you could say critical moments. Definitely. Definitely. Perfect. Um, now with how do you train now? This is a big one because everybody has the train effective app. We all see the exercises, the workouts, everybody has YouTube as well loads of content out there um some people just are super creative and just do whatever they want yeah but you've like again i can't emphasize this enough because going from utah playing in utah and i know you were a bit younger but how they're playing in utah might be completely different than how they're playing in chile at that same age group versus mm -hmm. how they play in spain or england at that same age group so you went through those then you go to toronto fc like how are you training now, like individually? Individually, like what do you work on? Like, like, tell me about that. Tell me about that, because I'm actually like I'm really curious, because you're at that level, you know. Yeah. Oh, I mean, are are you talking about strictly stuff on the field when you say training? Or are you talking about um in general of how I carry myself off the field and what I eat? And are you just talking about strictly drills and specific stuff? everything, everything, both okay. of those, yeah. Well, I'll try and break it down into certain parts. Um, I would say on the pitch, uh, in actual training sessions, if, if it's individual work, what me and my brother um, try and do is uh, just focus on a lot of position-specific kind of things that are going to help us in our position specifically. Um, for example, one thing that I, I, I believe that I can um, do better, and it's why I work on these things, is... is uh, I don't know, controlling on the half turn or receiving with the second foot. Things that we see Foden or Phil Foden or Emil Smith-Rowe from Arsenal do. Um, just things that are just so natural to him, you know, things that are position-specific um, that can just improve your, in your, your game in different ways. Um, working on your weak foot. I think that's 
one of the, one of the biggest things that I've learned from this past year is um, seeing a player like Alejandro Pozuelo at Toronto FC's first team. Um, uh, just see him be just as good with his left as he is with his right. And you can see how many situations that he can get out of because he can use both feet. Yep. And it, it, it's, it's, it's really like a hack. It's really mm -hmm. a hack. If you have a player that can, can get out of any situation with any foot is it's not even fair. So, um, so yeah, just, just really working on both feet, I think. And, and just maintaining the intensity in every single drill is, is a big one for me. Um, I'm going to mention this, but this, I was recently in, uh, Munich, seeing one of my friends that plays for, for Bayern Munich, actually. And uh, I went to go watch his session, which was with the Bayern 2, with the second team. But even with Bayern 2, it was, I think, a 5 o'clock training on, like, a Thursday or a Friday or something like this. And just the intensity of the whole session, of everything they did was just... Oh, Nico has cut out for a second. Um, guys, if you don't know, Nico is actually in Spain right now. Um, he's visiting some family. So the connection, sometimes there's some clicking in the connection. Um, and we'll wait for Nico to kind of get back. He might have to refresh his thing. But in the meantime, uh, I just want to pinpoint a few things he said, like intensity in the training, all these things. Oh, we might have him back. We might have Nico back. Just give us like 10 seconds. Um, let's do that. Yeah, we have to wait for his stream to kick back up. But intensity in training sessions. This is what we always preach where you do want to do exercise and workouts at full speed at match intensity so when match day comes you can do those things at match speed nico can you hear us yeah sorry about that i guess no, you're, good, bro. you're good you're, um, you're good carry on yeah so what i was just saying is just um <clears throat> seeing what these uh the, these players at byron 2 were doing it was just so eye-opening for me and i told my friend after is you know even there's a reason why byron has been the best club in the world these past what two seasons or one of the best clubs in the world just since the beginning of time because in every session they they take it with such a seriousness and such an intensity about what they're doing and and really wanting to improve and, and making it tough for their their teammates so that they can improve as well yeah i love that i love that and uh, kind of what i was saying while, while you were cut out is like intensity i'm sure you and your brother when you train um like all these things you do have to do them at match speed you know you do have to do them yeah like, and then even once you hit that match speed can i go that millisecond quicker can i go that half second quicker when i do do that half turn can i like have the ball even closer to my left foot when i when it touches my left foot? like all these little details um i love that you focus on them and actually speaking of this half turn if you think about it a lot of these things that are position specific do make the difference in games. Um, I'm an Arsenal fan, so I'm watching Arsenal all the time. Emil Smith Rowe, Saka is an excellent example. His like he has a few attributes that he just like literally takes and runs with. He's on the wing. He's great at cutting in. 
He can beat players 1v1. And like, he's essentially I'm not, maybe mastered that. He'll probably keep getting better. But I love that you're kind of of the same frame. Yeah, no, it's – I mean, these guys are obviously playing at a – a level that's above the level that I'm playing, but these that's that's the reason why they're there, right? Like I uh I think and that's another one of the things that when you say training, um why I asked and what in what aspect because I think it's crucial to watch football games. I think it's necessary. Yeah. If you want to get better in your position and and um and you're seeing things or you're on the pitch and you don't know exactly what to work on, is seeing where these players are positioned. Seeing a player in your position and seeing what he's doing when, your when the team has the ball, when the team doesn't have the ball, when the ball is on his side of the pitch, when the ball is on the opposite side of the pitch. Um, for example, looking at a midfielder when the ball is with the six, what way is his body oriented? If he's facing in, if he's facing out, if he's scanning, if he's looking over his shoulders. You know, there's so many things that are just little details, but so much you can learn from, from, looking, from watching at uh, the, top, the highest level of football. And I think it's, it's key. So you still do these things, like do you oh. like do, do you, like are you? Because I know um, we always preach it like ta we call it like tactical analysis, you know, tactical yeah. training because these things do matter. Like, how do you do it? Like, do you like write notes or how do you go about it? To be honest, more than I, I, not write notes necessarily, but on on weekends I'll probably watch with my brother yep. three four games each day. Mm. or four or five even from different leagues so it's not we're not just stuck on a certain uh style of play or a certain team you know yeah, um that's brilliant for example on friday uh i mean i don't know what 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 teams um are playing this weekend but for example tonight i think it's Bayern salzburg inter milan and then tomorrow's real madrid psg and versus and i don't know what the other the other champions league matches but just watching every single game and 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 even at this level, I mean, when I say at this level, it's it's the beginning of my career. But that that I think that's just the only way to to get better. I think it's a it's like a cheat sheet. You know, you're learning from the people that are in the position that you want to be in. Yeah, yeah. And like, what better? It, it like you would think it's common sense, where it's like, okay, like if you want to be at this level, why not study from the people that are at this level, or why not get used to like seeing what they do? Um, but it's unfortunately not as common so i love that you could share that with everybody um last thing i want to touch on really quick uh before we can before we end the podcast is for all those people who you know and i see this often with footballers and actually athletes in general because we're often so like we're putting in so much work just to be judged and by other like coaches other yeah. players trying to fit in what would you say to any footballer or athlete right now that is struggling mentally like what words of advice or anything would you give to them that is struggling mentally and and are you saying in a situation of that they're not playing in their team or 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 what situation are you talking about exactly i would say low self-belief low confidence and not feeling just like low self-esteem in general yeah oh you know it's it's tough i think again that's one of the things i think every footballer has gone through i think one of the big things is just confidence comes with when you know you prepared enough you know um mm. if uh 
one of the big things that I found when I was um, not at my highest point at like at the academy when I was going through that was just making sure that I was on the weekends when we had days off or days after game or Sundays is just making sure that I'm out there and I'm still showing up and I'm doing the things that uh that I see that other players are 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 better than me at and and I think it's hard because you have to be really honest with yourself yeah you know what I mean but yeah I think it's just having confidence in yourself always is the biggest thing just knowing that you deserve to be where you're at and it's no um it's no uh what's the word fluke that you're there you know what I mean if yep. you're there it's because at some point someone saw something in you and and you're, you're at that level for a reason and um and yeah it's just I I, I think it's also taking the serious out of it uh, seriousness out of it when 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 needed you know at the mm-hmm. end of the day I, I always I always uh, re- try to remind myself that I live a very very fortunate life and that um, everything that's with everything that's in my uh, life and with football is is kind of a bonus. That if my biggest issue in my life right now is that I'm not playing or I'm not getting minutes, I live a pretty good life. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a fucking good. Excuse me, that's a really good perspective. Um, yeah, you know what I mean. Things. You know, so it's like if the biggest problem this weekend is that I didn't play 30 minutes instead of um, I played 15 minutes instead of 30 minutes. It's like, dude, you're, you're fine. You're going to be fine. Just keep working. Your time's going to come, uh, head down work and, and just stay patient and enjoy the time that you don't have off on, when you're not on the pitch, you know, distract yourself. I think there's a lot of footballers, even they're doing like Twitch streams now for a reason. I think it's, it's a good, Obviously, I'm not going to say that staying sitting on a screen is good for you all day, but I'm saying that if you can distract yourself in whatever unplug. way for, yeah, unplug for a few hours or a day or, or watch Netflix or, or read or, or go on a walk or, you know, I think these things are good. I think it's it's the only way to really um, be in tune in, uh, in, your, in your game. Yeah, love that. Take care of yourself. Like, don't forget to take yeah. care of yourself, essentially. Yeah, just, just be balanced kind of thing. So, yeah, love that. Instagram Live, Nico Ovale Raffo. Spotify, YouTube, everybody, Nico. Thank you, Nico, so much, bro, for coming on. Um, it was an absolute pleasure, man. And I haven't, again, this is the first time I ever spoke to you in person. So it was a treat. And I think your um, your mentality and just just what you exude is gonna it's gonna take you places, bro. And I'm sure everybody got so much freaking value from what you what you shared. I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much, and and uh, yeah, I like I said, I've been following your guys's your guys's page for a lot for a long time, and there's even stuff that I've taken out from there, and and multiple things. So I'm sure that there's um, a lot of people that are listening right now. You guys are you guys are at the right place. This is Train Effective uh, does things the right way, and and it's uh, they have very very interesting stuff that you can learn from. So I appreciate you. Thank you for having me on, and hopefully we can talk soon. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, bro. All right, everybody, make sure to follow Nico below at the links that are clickable. Just click on his Instagram. Go there, follow him, shoot him a message, support him on his journey. Um, As always, Instagram Live, I'll speak to you guys soon. Thank you for tuning in. Stay effective. And for everybody on Spotify, again, links in description, YouTube, links in description. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in and make sure to stay effective.